I want to thank you for taking time to join me here on The Clark Howard Show, where we work together to make us all better with our money. I want you to learn to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main web address. There's something on Clark.com that's where we turn this thing around, and you're helping me. It's called Clark Stinks. It's where you can go post when you feel that an answer I've given to someone is inadequate. I've come up short with that answer. I have misled somebody. And so go ahead and post there. Read what other people are saying. Comment on what they've said. Start your own comment if you wish. And weekly, our producer Krista goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares her highlights with you right here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Okay, we're starting on with a Mr. Howard. Oh, what are you doing? Hey, Mr. Howard, it's time for you to come to terms with a massive, stinky gap in your knowledge. Pedestrians are not dangerous. Full stop. Like so many others that see the world with a windshield perspective, Mr. Howard should realize that cars and cars alone are the only ones that are a danger to themselves and others on the road. People do not walk out into the middle of the road while on their phone. It simply does not happen. While people do often look at their phones while using the crosswalk, this harms no one. If someone is distracted by their phone and happens to attempt to cross the street against the light, there are already laws to punish them. There is no need for Hawaii's frivolous law, nor your stinky discussion thereof. I appreciate everything you said except calling me Mr. Howard. The primary responsibility is to a driver to be aware of people and bicycles and all the rest on the road. And please, with motorcycles, be very well aware. The thing about people walking in the road, that was not my thing. It was a story I had read about the problems that occurred with people walking in the road. It's possible the story was inaccurate, but I was quoting from a story on that. And if I was quoting it just as if it was absolutely fact. I wasn't there. I can't say that. I once walked into a glass store door while I was on my phone. Like, I hurt my nose. My face, like, smashed up against the glass. That sounds no fun. uh, Clark, you highly recommend freezing your credit, but you don't share all the times you will end up having to thought which will cost $3 each time for the company, for each company. I followed your advice about applying for an account with an online bank. This application was delayed because I had my credit frozen. Also, when checking on my future social security benefits at mysocialsecurity.gov, I was not able to get information online due to my credit freezes. Please make everyone aware so that they are not taken by surprise or frustrated like me, Laura. Laura, I appreciate that. You know, it's happened to me Uh, My credit's been frozen ever since Credit Freeze first came into existence sometime, was that in the 90s or or early last decade? I forget exactly when. And yes, just like you, I have had the hassle for things that have nothing to do specifically with extending credit, where I've had to go through the process of thawing my credit. And the cost varies by state from $0 for a thaw to $10 for a thought per bureau in your state, uh, you said it was $3 for a bureau, but compared to the cost of the totally ineffective credit monitoring 
even when you occasionally have to pay those fees to thaw, it is much cheaper and much more effective. But I am sorry if I have not made it clear enough that you have to thaw it for a variety of reasons. Clark called China communist and totalitarian, referring to its army as the Red Army. I'm an American who lived in China for many years and can attest that these Cold War era terms no longer reflect the China of today. The country is anything but communist these days. In many ways, it is more capitalistic than we are. It also isn't totalitarian. Personal liberties have, in fact, expanded greatly since China's reform period began in 1979. The government is more accurately described as authoritarian. It retains a strong grip on many aspects of society because it believes, rightly or wrongly, that China is is historically susceptible to chaos. It does not do so out of adherence to any totalitarian ideology. Finally, China's modernized and professionalized army bears little resemblance to the Red Army of Mao's day. The Chinese government actually has the grumbling but genuine support of the majority of the Chinese population, largely because of its high, highly competent handling of the economy over the past 30 years. We shouldn't let China off the hook when it behaves badly or abuses human rights, but the black and white terms Clark used to describe China are anachronistic and misleading. The truth is more complex than that. All of this has nothing to do with personal finance, but Clark has a huge following. and I'm a big fan, and I just hope that he and his audience have an accurate perception of China. That is a very thoughtful post from a very experienced China, China watcher. And I went on my first trip to China uh, 30-some-odd years ago. At that time, the extreme lack of freedom was unbelievable. And I've been back several times since over the decades. And yes, China is far more free than it used to be. It is an economic powerhouse. It is a marvel of human history, the economic progress they've made in just two generations. But it is not free, and the current dictator has been severely tightening freedoms on people. I I slip into old habits. I've said I won't call it Communist China, Red China, the Red Army, And from time to time, I slip into old habits, and so the poster is right on that. I should not be intellectually lazy and use those terms. In a recent podcast, Clark touted the advantages of the Starwood Marriott Rewards Program. We are members of five five rewards programs, and our favorite is Hilton Honors. Many people disparage Hilton since it changed its program benefits in 2014. We joined in 2015 and have been Diamond members for two years. We have received thousands of dollars in benefits since then. We are retired, and we just finished a 104-day trip to Ireland and the U.K., by the time we were done, we had 60 days completely free on points in Hilton's Double Trees, Hilton Garden Inns, and Hampton Inns. Another 20 were gotten with points and money for an average of $30 per night. As we gained points through the trip, we revised upcoming nights to be free or points plus cash. So on our entire trip, we only paid for 24 nights outright, mostly in the areas of Ireland outside of Dublin, which is the only location for Ireland's Hilton properties. I would also point out, in every one of the 80 nights at Hilton, we received free breakfast, many with cooked-to-order dishes from the kitchen. Uh, We were in fabulous accommodations in the center of the UK's biggest cities. I have no idea how the Starwood program can top this, nor how Clark thinks he it is worth, this is worth going to some cheap hotel where you have no status. <laughs> I want to commend you 
on how you have been able to use the hotel stay program of Hilton to such maximum advantage and for such levels of privilege. I think that is incredible. And there are people who always master the game at the programs and keep doing what you're doing. And I did not mean to disparage Hilton when we were talking about the hotel programs is for why I don't focus on earning points in any of the programs and instead book my hotels overwhelmingly on Priceline and to a lesser extent Hotwire where I don't even know where I'm going to stay till after I've paid non-refundable. It's because I get such inexpensive rates, usually getting somewhere around 40% below the absolute cheapest rate someone can find somewhere else. And so it's like for you, doing the Hilton things works so well for you. And for me, doing the Priceline Hotwire thing has been my formula that's worked for me. Clark, I listen to you, I've listened to your radio show for more than 15 years. Thank you for all the great advice you give. However, you are you are stinking on this. I'm a sales manager at a car dealership for a reputable brand. I heard you and some other so-called consumer advocate again and again demonize car dealerships as we are a bunch of low-life scammers, crooks, and thieves. Yes, there are some rotten apples in our business, but did you ever think that most of us are regular people just like yourself working hard to run a business? We're selling cars to make a profit just like any other businesses are supposed to do. Did you ever realize how rude and abusive foolish people are who have been mes- misled by you that come through our door? How could, how can we become crooks or thieves if we almost have to sell our best product at below invoice price and people still think that they're ripped off and need to shop more for even $10 cheaper? Over the years, these customers have become scammers because they only listen to a portion of your advice. They have lost their morality and loyalty. Value and service or truecar.com prices mean nothing to these people. They want more. Clark, if you are a real business person, an entrepreneur, you have a responsibility to re-educate our greedy consumers. Businesses are there to make a profit, but you are killing it. Thank you, Davey. How's that for Clark Stinks? <laughs> Davey, I am, I am really sorry. Hearing you, it sounds like the customers come in like they're coming in for war. And... That's really sad to me. I also don't feel that I say that all car dealers are rotten or anything like that. I'd say rather what I've said is that the car business is now more customer friendly than it used to be because of all the technology that's available to the consumer. So I I really am sorry if people are in fact coming in hostile and Uh, You didn't use the word unethical, but something like that. Please write in again and share what kind of things people are doing when they come in as customers that are things that really don't seem right to you. Last week, I received an email from Mr. Howard with a deal of the day for a rare Costco membership coupon for a Gold Star membership for $60, a $215 value. Uh, Trusting Clark, as I do, I jumped on it and didn't even research it. Imagine my horror when I discovered that $60 is the normal price. Yes, this quote-unquote deal came with a free pizza, which I can't eat because I can't have gluten, and a few other trivial items, none that that value anywhere near $155. But come on, Clark, you know better than anyone that presenting something as a deal when it's just the regular price with a few cheapy prizes thrown in really stinks. Take a bath. Ooh. 
That's funny. That's a polarizing deal because I've had so many people that were ecstatic they got it. That deal's no longer available. And in addition, trying to remember what all you got. You're right, there was the pizza. I think there was uh, some amount of Costco cash card money that came with that. Uh, There were a number of things. Costco is experimenting. They've never really done anything like that. It's a common kind of offer from Sam's Club with you pay for the membership and you get uh, the the cash card and the other in-kind things. And I thought it was a good deal and that you feel that it wasn't. I really am sorry. And I would be happy, since it's not available anymore, I'd be happy to buy it from you and give it to somebody as a gift who (laughs) would love having one of the Costco pizzas for free and the other things. And I appreciate... And that came from ClarkDeals.com, by the way. Yes, right. Oh, I didn't say that? Our deals site. Yeah, ClarkDeals.com. You can sign up for our free newsletter. Wait, wait, wait. You have somebody <laughs> who's just bashing <laughs> Clark know. Deals, Mom. and now you've got to slip in in Clark Stinks that it was actually a site people should go to? Don't you think it is? I'm thrilled with Clark Deals, and I feel like we got better and better every day at zeroing in on deals that people appreciate, but obviously not in this case, and I'm sorry for that. But I want to hear from you when you feel like I have failed to deliver for you. And that's why we have Clark Stinks at Clark.com. Nikki is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Nikki, you are a planner, are you not? I am a planner. Because <laughs> you have a question for me about something that hopefully won't be part of your life for maybe four decades. I hope not. But I've been hearing a lot about um, needing to change the way that you plan your retirement so that you can make sure that you can age in your own home and you don't have to go into a nursing home and that your retirement will last you and you won't be a burden on people. And I have no idea when to start thinking about that versus just talking to a financial planner. So as far as thinking about what would happen if you uh, if you needed help with what they referred to as daily activities, if you had some form of dementia, whatever it was that you needed care either in your home or even though you don't want to be in an institutional setting, there could come a time you might need to be in assisted living or a skilled nursing home or whatever. So, you know, setting priorities in life, you first worry about making sure you're socking away substantial and sufficient money for your own retirement and for comfort in that. And that is a big goal and requires, for true comfort in retirement, requires quite a bit of money. Um, if you have kids that are growing up, you do you have kids you got to... No, okay. I won't have anyone to take care of me either. <laughs> All right, but it's you, it's me, myself, and I. That It's yep. you. So you are, though, uh, you're what would be considered in this orbit very young when you're thinking about what would happen if you needed help in your later years you're in your 40s right yeah my husband and i are both in our 40s so i would say that you're a good 15 years away from when you really start focusing on it okay so for now i can just work with um, a paid financial planner to get the right mix of investments to build up your retirement money but especially with the tumult in the insurance industry about how to fund long-term care 
Time is your friend. Don't do anything now about that. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address. When you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. If you have a question you just want to get answered by our team, that's a free service of our show. You go to Clark.com, scroll about halfway down the home screen, you'll see how to get free off-the-air advice and hours that that's available. I love Costco. Love that store. At one time, I had a dog named Costco. I'd still have a dog named Costco if she hadn't departed this earth. Love that place. Anyway, when somebody messes up, they mess up. And Costco, of all people, messed up and lost a court case because they were stooping so low as to have a sign saying they were selling Tiffany diamonds in a lot of their store locations. And first of all, why would they do that? Because Costco diamond would be superior to anywhere else. I mean, my, my wife's diamond ring comes from Costco. It's a beautiful stone. Anyway, so they were doing this thing where they had these signs promoting Tiffany diamonds. Tiffany sued for infringement, which makes perfect sense to me. And so now they're having to pay just under $20 million to Tiffany to make right. So it's triple the amount that they earned on the diamonds they sold, misrepresenting them as Tiffany diamonds, and then punitive damages of $8 million. So even the best among us can make a mistake, do something wrong. Let's call it what it is. They did something wrong. And disappointed, but it's really their stockholders who should be disappointed because they're having to pay that. And by the way, when you go to buy a diamond, do you have any idea what kind of markups stores have on diamonds? They are ginormous markups. And so Costco, I don't know why they would do something like that where they, uh, why they'd have an inferiority complex and want to say, that they were selling these Tiffany things because their markup is so incredibly low. Maximum markup is 14%. So incredibly low compared to what you usually have in a store on anything, but particularly something like diamonds. Behave yourself. Low is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you doing? Hey, how you doing? Great, thank you. So you have a question no one has ever asked me, and I love that. <laughs> oh, okay. How can so, I serve you? Um, I'm trying to get into investing myself. Um, so I've been using the Stash app and the Acorn app, and they are doing pretty good, I guess. Um, I've got a couple of dividends back. Not a lot, but just a little bit of change here and there. But Every time I'm on Facebook, I see all these cryptocurrency Bitcoin ads. And now I'm starting to see Bitcoin ATMs popping up around the city. So I wanted to ask you, what would be, I really don't know anything about 
Bitcoin or investing. I'm just doing it off of apps, and I want to do small increments. And I'm trying to figure out what would be the best digital wallet to use so I won't get Oh, home. so to store them and, and that when you want to use them, they're there and all the rest. Okay, so first, let me explain the concept of cryptocurrency to someone who might not be aware of it, if there's somebody listening to you and me who's not familiar. So what it is is there are people who don't trust government-issued money. And that's what led to the initial issuance of, at this point in the business, it's like Bitcoin is a great-grandfather because there are new cryptocurrencies popping up virtually every week and what are known Mm -hmm. as ICOs, initial coin offerings. And I will, I'm going to level with you, okay? Okay. This is not investing okay. in any of these things. It is a speculative thing, and most of what's going on now is going to be sound and fury representing uh, nothing except broken wallets. Okay. Because all these people starting up with these ICOs, there's nothing backing them up other than somebody's faith that a particular newly invented electronic money, not backed by any government or anything, that's a figment of somebody's imagination, is going to hold some value. And then people Mm -hmm. speculate and they run them up, and they are not, as best I can tell with any of them, illegal Ponzi schemes, but they are, in my estimation, just another mania. Okay. And so any money you put into any of these things needs to be like uh, money you would use at the casino playing, what's the, what is like a total game of just chance roulette or something? Yeah, it has roulette, to be like yeah. being at a roulette wheel, which okay. I don't really understand what I'm saying because <laughs> I don't gamble, but it's the thing that spins around and you hope it ends up on the number you put it on. I think that's how it works. Yeah. Um, that's basically what you're doing with any of these cryptocurrencies. So it's got to be gambling money. Okay. So I guess I'll just stick with my stash and my acorns for right now. Well, but, but I should say there are people who like gambling and like the idea of doing something like this. And so there are a handful of apps you can download that seem uh, heavily tilted towards Androids instead of iPhones, but that you can have that uh, digital wallet on your phone mm-hmm. and uh, the the one that gets the best reviews from the most people seems to be Coinomi, okay. C-O-I-N-O-M-I. But again, this is not investing. Okay. And if you're, if you are really interested in investing, stay away from it. All right. So the irony, I got to tell you, Lo, while we're talking right now, there's an ad running on one of the TV monitors in here for buying gold is some kind of great investment. And again, that is another speculative play. It is not investing. Gold does not increase the um, advanced society in any way. It doesn't create anything. Those companies you're investing in through the apps you're using to invest in companies That's where you're investing in companies that come up with new ideas, new services, new products, um, the inventions they make, all that. That's what ultimately enriches both a society, the people that invest in it, and that's what ultimately improves people's lives. 
cryptocurrencies, gold, silver, precious metals. They don't do anything to make the world a better place. Nick is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Nick. Hi, Clark. Nick, you're building a home. We are, but I must tell you first, uh, it is a privilege to speak with you, sir. You're a hero of mine from way back for everything you do and not just your radio show. So I got that out of the way. (laughs) Well, you are so kind. Thank you. And I need to say, building a house, I always ask, are you actually uh, lifting the lumber and putting it in place and doing all the things? Are you hiring somebody to do it? Which is what I would mean if I said I was building a home. Yeah, it, it would be the latter. Okay. Uh, my days of lifting lumber are over. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, so we're building a house. Um, very excited, et cetera. And so in an effort to avoid having two mortgages, we chose to put our house, the existing home, on the market sooner rather than later. So if everything goes according to plan, we'll be closing on that sale August 31st. Our home that is being built will not be ready until first week of December time frame, et cetera, which is fine. Uh, kind of planned for that. And we will put our belongings in storage and move into a furnished apartment for a couple of months. But when I went to visit um, a couple of the furnished apartment folks, they wanted to pull my credit. And I'm, uh, I'm extremely cautious, bordering on paranoid when it comes to people poking around with my credit. So <laughs> I wanted to find out if there's something I can do or what your opinion on this situation is with regard to not having the or not wanting um, the apartment folks to pull my credit just so that I can rent for a couple of months because... Um, my credits are 800 plus and I haven't locked down the mortgage yet because I'm still waiting. I'll okay. probably do that in October time frame. All right. So. so that kind of pull of your credit will not harm your credit score applying for a mortgage. But the answer to your question is not the question you asked. I would say in the scenario you laid out for me, Mm-hmm. You may be better off just renting from somebody uh, an apartment, a condo, a house, whatever, on Airbnb. Okay. Are you familiar with Airbnb? I am. Um, I had not considered that in this particular instance, but I'm certainly okay. familiar with it. A so. lot of people... Okay, so I have a brother who is retired, and so is his wife, and they don't have any permanent address. They reduce their possessions to just a small amount that are in a storage facility on the east coast of florida and they just go wherever and they've been uh, renting on airbnb a place from somebody in utah for the last four months wow and they're about to go to italy for two months and they rented another place on airbnb in italy for two months it's there are a number of rentals you can do that are flexible as to the length and the longer the rental the cheaper effective cost it is per week or per month and it would provide you the flexibility when you're building a home you don't know exactly when they're going to finish right that's for sure and apartment complexes are not flexible in that situation and when you're renting for just a very short number of months they charge a significant surcharge on the rent that's true. Yeah, I found that out. Then I think you'd find that your best answer is going to be 
renting from a private individual on Airbnb. Very interesting. I had not thought about that. I am familiar with Airbnb, but strictly for vacations. Um, huh. This is, think of this idea. as an extended vacation. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, except for all of the nonsense going on with trying to get the house exactly right. But yes, yes, very good idea. All right, cool. Thank you so much, Clark. Sure, and, and I hope the new house is wonderful. Jimmy joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, how are you? Great, thank you, Jimmy. You are thinking of adding to our supply of lawyers in the United States. Yeah, I am. How can I be I, of service um, with that? Well, I um, guess I've got a great opportunity. Um, I have a scholarship to Berkeley Law School, um, but I'm older. and I already Wait, 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 wait. Wait, you have qualified not just for law school at UC Berkeley, but you've qualified for a free ride at UC Berkeley? Uh, no, 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 it's not a full free ride. Oh, okay. Um, at all. All right. The opposite. Um, between need um, and uh, and merit, I've got uh, thirty-five grand a year uh, in, in grants, uh, but that still leaves forty grand with the remaining fifteen grand in tuition and twenty-five grand in living expenses. So I still have to take out forty. So you end up with one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in a loan hanging over your head when you would graduate from law school. Yes. On top of a hundred grand, I already have from undergrad, and I'm 38 years old. I'm oh older. my goodness! So, so I will be 41 when I graduate, and I'll have uh, what 220 thousand dollars in debt. I um, hate that idea. Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I mean, it's just it, it's so much burden to carry. But this one's such a conundrum because going to UC Berkeley for law school. I mean, you're talking one of the elites institutions in the United States and it puts you way ahead in the job search when you'd finish school but I'll tell you there's a a woman I know who um, had an opportunity to go to Stanford for undergraduate and she instead went to a what I guess you'd consider would be considered to be a second tier university she got a full free ride to graduated from college without a penny of debt, where if she'd gone to Stanford, she would have gone to what's the hardest to get into school in the United States, but she would have finished with all that debt. I'd say in your case, if you're smart enough that you were able to qualify for that much aid and get into Berkeley, isn't there another law school that would give you a free ride that may not be as prestigious? This is true. I mean, other ones have given me... um Full tuition ride. Then I would do that. I would absolutely do that. I'd go for the free ride. Lawson's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Lawson. How are you today? Good, Clark. Good to talk to you. Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, you have a question for me about your investments. Let's see if I'm any good at answering it. Well, like a lot of your longtime listeners, I opened up a Roth with uh, one of your favorite low-cost providers several years ago. And now they want me to switch from a Roth IRA to their brokerage account, which I was interested in because I can, uh, you know, look into their ETFs, but I didn't know if I would be able to keep my Roth status or what the lowdown was on that. Can you help with that? All right. So if I'm, I think I'm familiar with background on this. Are you with Vanguard for your Roth IRA? Correct. All right. So Vanguard used to run almost as an afterthought, uh, Vanguard brokerage. 
And that was in addition to all the mutual funds and index funds and all that they had. Well, the business of investing has changed so much, and a lot of people would rather have exchange-traded funds instead of mutual funds, which is another way of investing your money. And so all they're asking you to do is if you move from a traditional mutual fund relationship with them to having a, like a master account, uh, what I guess they're calling a brokerage account, it gives you much more flexibility what your Roth IRA is invested in. It doesn't in any way change you having a Roth IRA. But let's take an example. Let's say there's a fund that you're interested in holding inside your Roth IRA, and it has expenses of 0.2 per year, one-fifth of 1%. Well, they may have the identical fund available as, let's say, an ETF at 0.1. So all it does is it's the same thing, just at a lower cost. Right, right. And I keep my Roth status with those investments. Exactly. They're not trying to tell you you're getting rid of your Roth and now you're going to have some kind of brokerage investment account. It's just that your Roth is managed under... uh, It's like they've redecorated the house. I see. You're still in the same house, just with new furniture. Sounds good. Thank you. And continued success to you saving for your future. Yeah, it's been been really easy. And and I've got a little nest egg now. I am so glad... You know, Vanguard's quite a company. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that I appreciate so much that you've just tuned into our podcast, that you had faith in the information and advice you get. You want more information from us? One of the best ways to get Clark Smart is with our free newsletters, Clark Daily, Clark Deals, and Travel Escape. Sign up now. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if you think I'm wasting your time. Go to Clark.com newsletters.